0: Hi, my name is Jim. Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us on the web at babyboomertales.com. There you'll find links to our podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Tumblr, and more. We also have a Facebook page, babyboomertales.com. I'm calling this episode, Three Short Stories. As I write down ideas to present on these podcasts, some of them I look at and I think there's no way I can do a full episode with the material I have. So I've gathered three such subjects and I thought I'd do one after the other and call them three short stories. The first one is called moccasins. My friend Dave and I went camping and fishing quite a bit. I have spoke of Dave before and even talked about one of our memorable camping trips where we went to a lake quite up high and was basically rained out or should I call it rained in. Well, another time that we went camping, we worked our way up higher and higher and as we went, we we fished. We were looking for dinner. We were fishing for little brook trout, so we were walking through little creeks and trying to catch some. We caught some fish my mode of walking gear was always a black or a white canvas shoe called a converse all-star chuck taylor style and they weren't high tops they were the low tops so i could slip them on and off very easily i didn't like hiking boots i bought a pair once and just hated them and these had plenty of traction and they were easy on and easy off and very versatile could get them wet and they would dry out easily well we caught our fish and we set up our camp and had a great evening just watching the stars shooting the breeze telling jokes and lies and laughing and having fun and as the fire started to die down it was time to hit the sack i always had my shoes by the fire to dry out and i wore these moccasins around they were like house slippers more than moccasins. I had good sturdy moccasins back at the house but these moccasins were more like house slippers. I wore them around the camp and they were very soft sole and you just slipped them on. They were perfect for that type of situation while your shoes dried out. went to sleep under the stars and it was beautiful. The next morning I woke up, went to build a fire put on my shoes, and one of my shoes, half of it was burnt up. A piece of wood had popped from the fireplace out of the ring, the fire ring, and landed right inside my shoe, and probably smoldered and burnt for hours while I was in dreamland. By the time I woke up in the morning, there was not enough left of my shoe to even consider trying to wear it so what am I going to do now we climbed rocks and we went through heavy brush and we are quite a ways away from civilization and I have one shoe well I decided that I would walk out in my moccasins so I packed up my shoes and instead of just throwing them behind a tree somewhere I packed them up to haul them home throw them away and we packed all our provisions and everything broke camp And instead of fishing and having fun going back down, we just decided to try to get out of there. I knew it was going to be a tough walk. Dave was very patient and I was very slow. And probably the rocks were the hardest thing. I'm not really used to walking barefoot, never have been. I really don't even like it. Around the house, I prefer a pair of socks over my bare feet. And those moccasins were pretty close to being barefooted. They were wonderful footwear in the right conditions. And this was not the right conditions for them. So slowly we made our way down the rocks. Slowly we made our way through the brush and down steep embankments. For miles and miles we made our way, me and my moccasins. Well, we finally got there. Back to wherever we parked the truck. I went home and I went down and bought a new pair of shoes from Jay. I'll never forget that walk down. I've had a lot of perilous walks down the mountains, but never in a pair of moccasins. I wasn't even pretending I was an Indian on that one because those Indians had a lot sturdier footwear than I was wearing. It was just one of those deals and I'm glad I made it down. I'm glad my camping buddy had a lot of patience with me because it took us twice as long, at least, to get down. And the moral to the story is, don't put your shoes by the fire to dry them out. My second segment is called Dreams. Do you dream where you can remember it when you wake up? I think we all dream, but we all don't remember our dreams when we wake up. Some of them are so vivid that you remember it and you can tell somebody. But as the day wears on, the dream fleets away. And by evening you think, I had a heavy-duty dream last night. What was that? You may dream during the day, and those are called daydreams. I was a great one for daydreaming just dream in a little fantasy world of things I want to do places I wanted to go people I wanted to see I have some wild crazy dreams dreams where it just makes me wake up with a start sometimes I dream about my wife sometimes I dream about people from my past sometimes what I can remember doesn't even make sense to me in my waking hours Some dreams feel so real that you could swear you had just experienced it. Some dreams stay with you forever. I have two such dreams that I believe would be classified as a recurring dream. My first one started when I was very young. For some reason, I think this came into my soul when I was watching TV as a child. For years, I would wake up in a sweat and a start. I don't know where this dream occurs. At one point, I thought I knew, but I don't think that's it. I'm all alone. I'm walking up some very dark stairs. I have some sort of dim light. I'm not sure if it's a candle or a flashlight, but it's enough to illuminate just right in front of me, and I go up these stairs very slowly, and it's very dark all around me, and I get to the top of the stairs, and the door slowly creaks open, and I wake up, and I've had this dream a half a dozen times in my life, maybe. And I remember the dream like I just woke up from it five minutes ago. I have no idea what it means, what it is. It used to freak me out, but when I became older, it made me very, very puzzled. Why do I keep having this dream? Did it scare me that bad when I was a child that I can't seem to quite shake it? I don't know. My other dream is just as scarier, maybe even worse. When I was about 22 or 23, I got a job at a mine up in the mountains. I went there and applied for it because everybody said it was the highest paying job in the whole county. And they were right. But it was a dangerous job. At first, I just worked in the mill outside and on the tailings pond. And the tailings pond was a wonderful job, and I would have probably stayed there forever, but that little mine closed down because a larger mine owned by the same company had opened right there on the same same area. So waiting for the tailings pond and mill to open later on in the next few years, I had the option of going down in the mine and keeping my job. So I did. And what would happen is you would get on this big, what they call a cage, and it would hold about 100 guys and girls. And they would take you down, I believe, 3,000 feet in three minutes. So it moved pretty rapidly down. Once in a while, something would malfunction, and perhaps the whole cage would fall, maybe 50 feet, maybe more. Made you feel like you were just falling to your death, though. Then it bounced a little. They had all these safeguards, and everyone always said it was safe, but you tell that to a 100 guys falling, nobody ever felt safe on it, I don't believe, especially me. I could ride up it at the end of my shift and never think anything about it. Now, that cable could have snapped going up just like it was going down, but it didn't seem to affect me. So for years, I would wake up in a sweat and probably do a little scream here and there. And I dreamed I was falling, falling, falling down that mine shaft. Nothing I could do about it. I was trapped in a cage and I was falling to my death. Now, I never landed in my dream. I always woke up before. I've read what they say, if you dream you're falling and you land that you die and I don't know I never remember landing on any dream that I felt I was flying or falling I've had this dream several times maybe four or five during my life one time my wife and I were at a retreat with a bunch of other people and we were clear up in the mountains in this beautiful lodge and in the middle of the night it was very very quiet we had a room of our own of course and I had one of these dreams. And I was falling. And I was falling. And I couldn't breathe. And I was being smothered. Help me. My wife had my face covered with a pillow trying to shut me up. She's saying, Wake up, Jim, wake up, be quiet be quiet, she almost killed me. I guess her adrenaline was pumping too. I woke up, my heart was beating a thousand miles an hour. And once I could catch my breath when I fought her off of my face. What are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? And her response to me was, I just didn't want you to wake everybody in the lodge up. I thought I was going to die. If it wasn't from the fall, it was from my wife's never-ending love of me and her pillow. Well, I give her a bad time about it constantly to this day, and this happened fifteen years ago probably. To this day, I don't let her forget how she almost killed her husband in his sleep. I try to sleep with one eye open, but that does not work. I just have to put my trust in the Lord. And know that my wife's intentions are good. The third installment on my three short stories is called the book reading contest. When I was in sixth grade, they had a contest to see who could read the most books. And they made a big poster and put it up on the wall up front by the teachers so everyone could see it. And every time you read a book, you would check a box or write the name of the book down or something. And the contest went for several months. And as time went on, my good friend Wayne was one of the leaders in the contest. There was to be prizes for first and second place. Well, not to be outdone. I was up there about third or fourth place. Once in a while, I'd get up to second and then fall back to third or something. And we were coming within the last month of the contest, and Wayne had read 70-some books. Now, in sixth grade, they're not like big novels. Some of these are, you know, 30, 40-page jobs with large print made for juveniles. I think the leader was Dan, and I think he had a few more than Wayne. But in third place was me. Then I got into second place, and then I got into first place. And it was a nip and tuck, neck and neck. One person would lead for a few days and then the next person would lead for a few days. And I was right in there. And there was only one difference between me and the other two guys. That we were ahead of everybody else by quite a bit. That difference is I had only read one or two of the books. I found early on that you could read a little thing on the book jacket and it told you all about the book. So you had to kind of make a short report on the book when you checked that you'd read it and i was just flying through them and i was cheating and i was in first place and i was in second place then i was in first place again and i was in third place then i was in second place and on it went i had read as many as those guys well time went on and all of a sudden we had a week left and we were neck and neck and neck. Wayne didn't want to play or anything. He just wanted to read. I found that reading got in the way of me playing with my baseball cards, playing little men with my brothers, going around riding my bike around town. It got in the way of all that. It's not that I didn't like to read. I mean, reading was fine. Shoot, I had to read things all the time. I really loved reading stories about Mickey Mantle and... Ted Williams. Well, as we got closer, my conscience started to bother me. I never ever cheated on anything, really. I didn't like people that cheated. I was feeling bad about cheating. I didn't even know why I was cheating. I guess I just didn't want to lose that contest. I didn't want to lose that prize, whatever it was. I didn't want my best friend in the world to just pass me up and be smarter than me. Now being smarter than me never ever bothered me, really, too much. I knew what I was good at, and I knew what I was bad at, and I was right in the middle on reading. I wasn't really good at it, but I wasn't bad at it, so I backed off. All of a sudden I started checking less books out, and I came in a distant third. Nobody ever knew about this until today. I never had a problem with cheating. I never had a problem with lying, and I never had a problem with stealing. But I have cheated, and I have lied, and I have stolen. Someday on this podcast, I'll tell you about the time I stole. Not proud of that one either. I'm amazed I never got caught. Now I was about 12, and the consequences wouldn't have been terrible, but there would have been consequences. And in some way, I wish I would have been caught on that book contest. Maybe I knew that if I would have won, I would have got caught. I don't know. I do know that in life, you reap what you sow. So I was just a silly little boy. I'm glad that I didn't grow up to be a silly old man. Always be kind. It's really the very best way. I'll be back next Wednesday.